2: Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Okay, you guys, it's a Please Advise mini app with my favorite podcast host, Benjamin Light and Margot Sparks of Rosewatch Watch PLL 2.
1: Hello. Hi
3: there. Hi.
2: How are you guys?
1: Doing great. Yeah.
2: Okay. So we've been overdue for this for like a really long time. We tried to set this up last year. I think like Christina lied to you and said that I was, um, something happened to me, but I was actually just in a gigantic fight with my ex-boyfriend and he wouldn't let me leave his house. So, uh, very Aria of me. I apologize. For that. <laughs> I was the pretty little liar in that scenario. I apologize. Um, Excellent.
1: Well,
2: you guys, I'm so excited to talk to you because I can literally listen to you talk about pretty little liars for three hours a week. And I do. <laughs> um, and I'm sad when the show goes off, mostly because I miss your conversation, but I have to say, like, I'm barely hanging on right now with pretty little liars.
3: Hmm. I can see that. I mean, I think any show when it gets to season seven, especially a show that started out in high school, it just, it gets to a certain point where it's like, you've done all these plot lines before. And I think the mystery they're trying to to set up isn't as compelling as the previous ones. I mean, I'm mostly just hanging on for the characters, like the mystery. I guess it's a little interesting now with like the, the reveals of the, the last episode, but yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, we get a lot of people telling us that.
1: I think a lot of people like, the bringing back all of these characters that used to be on the show, you're bound to you're bound to bring back people that other folks don't like, you know, so there's a very visceral reaction when Emily has three girlfriends.
2: I you know, know.
1: <laughs> someone's gonna get pissed off
2: like can Emily just be friends with anyone? like she goes so hard after every girl. It's like emily you you're allowed to just be friends with some people, <laughs> so dark um. So I guess the thing that I'm having an issue with is less like, oh, I don't want to see Noel Kahn. Like, I feel like it's turning into this show Passions, like where all of a sudden it could be this like totally normal love story. And then if they said like, oh, now there's bridge trolls in this world. Like, we have to accept that. Like, oh, um, Ari is actually like a witch. Like that is, I feel like they could do something like, like that to us at this point because it's so it's beyond any sort of drama i've ever seen it's like almost like lost or something at this point mm-hmm. uh, i mean
1: Arya being a witch i i could feel that I, I could be into that like if she had to kill ezra and throw him into a cauldron i don't I, know summon do we, a ghost
2: <laughs> what do we think is going on with um ezra and Arya? because i have to say i don't I don't think that he and Nicole were having like a romantic connection. I didn't read that. Like they didn't even kiss each other on the lips. Are we just supposed to believe that they're like back together now?
3: The way I kind of read it was just it was a real outpouring of emotion between the two of them that Arya got to see and I'm sure it's not it's going to complicate things. I don't I don't I think he's still ultimately going to end up with Arya. I didn't see that as as romantic as just kind of like this release. You know, like, how does one react to their dead former fiance appearing out of nowhere from the jungle?
2: (laughs) Yeah, Um, I I feel like if I saw my worst enemy come out of the Costa Rican jungle after being, like, disappeared for four years, I would be happy to see them. mm -hmm. I would have that reaction.
3: I think we'll get drama for a couple episodes. And I I don't know what Nicole's going to do. It's going to have to be something where she's like, peace out, like go to Aria or something like that
2: like she fell in love with one of her
3: captors (laughs) (laughs) or she's like stockholm and she tries to kill aria or something
2: totally marco what were you gonna say when i cut you off
1: i was thinking uh the last thing that that ezra said to nicole was fucking shitty so i'm sure he's excited to see her alive and probably continue being shitty to her at least for five minutes before he goes back to aria um so, yeah, I don't I don't know what to take. I mean, I definitely felt Arya's reaction to all that. You know, seeing it on TV, too, as he's, like, hugging and holding her close and talking to her. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, Arya and Ezra are just cretinous for each other. Like, they're going to end up together. Um, for
2: sure. Um, do you think that there's a chance? I mean, none of the liars are AD, right? There's no way.
1: No. They're not
2: going to give us what we've always wanted.
3: <laughs> Seemingly, no. If you believe what we saw in the last finale there, they're all there and a separate person takes Jenna away. So presumably that person is AD.
2: Okay. Um, well, I don't know. I feel like right now the show used to be amazing because the twists and turns were so unbelievable. But when um, Jessica DeLaurentis' twin tells Spencer, that she's her mother. I was like, oh, I I'm, I know the sentence that's about to come out of her mouth. She's about to say, Spencer, I'm your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just feel it's all kind of really predictable at this point. And one thing about PLL that was so great up until the CC mystery being solved um, was that it was just so unpredictable. Like every episode they gave you breadcrumbs, but it was still like wildly unpredictable. I feel like right now they're just trying to put a little bow on it and kind of make us happy. Um, and I understand with finales, you're never, no one will ever be satisfied, right? We've been following this for seven years. I I think people are traditionally a lot more disappointed than I am because I have my expectations pretty low. Um, but who do you think AD is and do you think that there's going to be a a way to reveal it that is interesting still
1: Hmm. Marco you go first Um, I think I fall into the Charlotte category and I think Benji falls into the Mona category and somewhere in the middle is probably the answer is there a way to reveal it interestingly god I hope so I feel like they had to have learned from a lot of the criticism though from the one where CC was unmasked You know, um, I don't think we want to watch like just a two-hour monologue or an hour monologue that should be two hours or anything like that um, because it just felt so rushed and pat. I don't know. I mean, but real quick, what about you said, Benji, like about the reveal and none of the liars could be ad unless Spencer was like, "Hey Jenna, watch this," and she shot herself like in the chest, which would be super dark. But then who's dragging Jenna away? Who knows? Yeah, but I like I like Spencer saying, "Hey Jenna, watch this."
2: I I kind of feel like maybe there's a chance that Spencer and Jason have been in on this together. Um, I I wonder about Jason potentially being AD. I don't think... I mean, I just don't think they'd have the fucking balls to be like, oh, it's Mona. Like, I mean, if they... I would feel betrayed if they did that to me. They've already given me Mona. I've already... We've been through Charlotte. It has to be a new one.
3: Yeah, I think Mona is a helper. That that's kind of my my vibe. She's a helper and, and may in fact know who AD is. Um but yeah, as to who AD is, I know the whole Andrew Campbell thing was hot before that whole business happened where you got the actor got arrested. I really don't want it to be Lucas, even though Lucas would make the most sense right now, given what we've gotten and like his continued presence in the Flash Forward. Mona and Lucas, I don't know. To me that's kind of blah, but I think that would make that that would it'd be the easiest to explain that I suppose.
2: Lucas is such a loser. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to ever see him again. But I actually just remembered. I've been meaning to tell you guys. I don't know if I did, but Andrew Campbell did a stint on um, the actor who plays him did mm-hmm. a stint on Two Broke Girls, at, mm-hmm. right when he got the part on Pretty Little Liars, <laughs> and the chick who played um, oh my god. Bianca Lawson, she was on Two Broke Girls too, and I would I would harass them the entire time we were filming and just be like, please, just tell me anything. Mm. I had no idea the guy that when Andrew, what is that actor's name? Uh,
3: Brendan Jones, Jones, Brandon Jones, Brandon Jones. Jones.
2: I I mean I'm not gonna say his performance wasn't good. I just was really surprised that this guy wound up taking on such a huge role on Pretty Little Liars, like. Mm. I didn't think much of him. What was his um, what was his arrest for?
3: It was something where like he was in a fight with a neighbor and like brandished a gun. I don't really know. I mean, I don't want to speculate. He's done other work since then. So it may not be, be that big of a deal, but he hasn't been around at all, which makes me think it would be kind of like pulling a rabbit out of a hat to be like, oh, yeah, it was Andrew. And it's like you haven't seen this guy since 603. But yeah, it was him. You know, it's been 40 episodes.
2: I mean, I was kind of shocked that they got Chloe Bridges back to do a line.
3: That was so <laughs> weird.
2: Like, if I was Chloe Bridges' manager, I'd just be like, no thanks, pass, why? Um, I mean, I'm sure it was – I, I kept thinking that either she is going to be a a much bigger role in the second part of this season mm-hmm. or she had a lot of stuff cut. I don't know how much cutting they do on on a show like this, though. How many like scenes on mm-hmm. average get cut? You guys have more knowledge of what goes on in the writers' room than I do. Do you know if what's what we see on the screen is pretty true to the script, or do they have to cut a lot of scenes?
3: I don't have any like like concrete info, but from what I know, they tend to only shoot what they need to, with like rare exceptions. And usually, they'll like put those exceptions online. Like I remember, there's like once like a short. Ali Jessica De Laurentiis like flashback they cut but I That's have to think
1: right. also Barry Maple
3: yeah Barry Maple mm-hmm. yeah
2: and the weird thing about that is I couldn't tell I'm like are so are we supposed to consider this as part of the show now like if mm-hmm. I've seen this mini episode am I supposed to move forward with this information in mind or am I supposed to re- like just acknowledge that it wasn't important enough to make it to the show so it's probably like a fever dream
3: yeah, I, I consider it non canon unless it's in the show myself. But I don't know. I don't think the, other, the writers ever commented on that one or the other. But I have to think Sydney. There's more coming. Like we still haven't found out who who she and Mona and Jenna were all meeting in the hundredth episode. Like yeah. the mysterious fourth member. So
2: that's right. Oh, uh, if it was Lucas, I swear to God, I'm gonna kill myself. Um, <laughs> you guys. um I need to know, as this show wraps up, I worry about our actresses. They've been on a huge hit show for so long now. um I don't know if they've peaked in popularity. I like was so happy to hear that Troyan directed an episode this year because I'm like, okay, she's thinking like that's a girl that's like I mean she's obviously like Illuminati or whatever because of her father, but like she's thinking ahead, she's like learning how to direct um. Who do you think we're going to continue to see after the show is over?
1: Uh definitely Troyan, but like like you said, not necessarily in front of the camera all the time because she's doing post production on a movie that she wrote. Uh she just had like a lifetime movie. Um I mean, they'd be fools not to eventually put her in like some kind of like Marvel superhero <laughs> movie or a DC TV show or something like that. Um, I don't know, Benji. Do you think Lucy Hale ever fall into some kind of Fifty Shades of Grey esque role? I
3: think it seems almost inevitable that that she'd get at least one rom com. Like, I think it's like, okay, you graduated from your show. Here is a rom com, and and after that, it's gonna be up to you know how it performs. But I think her and Ashley Benson are both gonna get some stuff. Shane Mitchell seems like she's more interested in doing like becoming like a, a new like kind of T V personality or or whatnot. Yeah, like a Brooke know? Burke maybe. Mm -hmm. or like on a on like a morning talk show um
2: that makes sense she's all about her brand and like i noticed i don't know i read this like cosmo article when i was getting my hair done the other day and mm -hmm. all shay was talking about was like how she's managed to use social media to build a brand which is like such an expired concept to begin with but like i think they're trying to maybe do like a Jessica Alba with her where she's like going to go start her own like honest company or something like that. They're really comfortable with her in that area. And I think that she does have enough fans to um, support something like that. Doesn't she have like a workout line or something like workout gear?
1: Probably
3: soon. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw something about that. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, I had a conversation with my friend the other day who's a talent manager for um, young kids. She actually worked with Chloe for a while and um she said to me that by far the one that's easily going to be the most successful after is Ashley Benson because it's very rare to be a blonde in Hollywood, which mm. I didn't even realize is like that's a real thing.
3: Hmm. I can see that, yeah.
2: Um I I have always been like so impressed by Trojan's ability though. Like the scene when, oh god, I guess it was maybe season three when she thought Toby was dead. Her face in the car at the end of that scene was, like, the best acting ever.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That whole storyline was just such a fucking, like, showcase for her.
2: So, you guys, what are we doing about the fact that we've never really addressed that Ezra is a complete pedophile?
3: (laughs) Well, you had the the Liam confrontation, and that may be all we get. (laughs) I don't know.
2: I mean, I, I just, it's so, um, it's so not PLL. I'm glad they did it, but it almost seemed like political. Like they're like, okay, we have to mention something. And I really liked Liam actually as a character, even though he was a little bit like dweeby. Like I liked that someone on the show was actually saying what people at home were thinking. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't, I mean, like, I don't know if I, if it's like, if I can stand by this show ending with Aria being with what is essentially her abuser. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm
3: yeah i i really don't know how they're going to wrap that up ultimately like i don't want to like speak for the writers because i don't know what they really think but it i get the sense that they're trying to kind of work in little commentary into the margins on it i mean he's even just as a straight just a normal character like not delving under the surface he's kind of horrible like just in general not even relating to Arya, but just as a character, he's such like a whiny little bitch. Yeah, so, he's hate like, him. Yeah, he's just awful. So it kind of seems to me like like maybe they have to like do an Arya ezra thing because the network wants it, or or mm-hmm. you know some people on the writing staff want it, but they're trying to work in their own little counter narrative, and so it's like, well, if you don't like Ezra here, this is what you can hold on to. Yeah, I think yeah. they. Sorry, good.
2: Sorry, I just want to say I've kind of always wondered, like, are you secretly super jealous of Ezra? <laughs> uh,
1: in a way.
2: <laughs> you guys go you have, on. I knew it. It's coming from a place of jealousy. I totally knew it. Okay. Um, you guys, I want to know though. Um, I thought they did a pretty good job with the time op, which is or the time jump, which is really, really hard to do normally. Like normally, I'm just out when something like that happens. It's Saved by the Bell, the new class. Like, who cares, right? Mm -hmm. But um, what did you think that they left behind that we need to see in the second part of the seventh season in order for this, like, time jump to really, like, seal the deal? Because I feel like there was a lot of things they kind of left behind about the characters that I'm missing.
3: Hmm. Well, we haven't gotten much of the parents. Mm -hmm. Um, They've kind of popped up here and there. As to the characters themselves, I don't know. Marco, what do you think?
1: Hastings. Always more Hastings. Mm, Yeah. Melissa. Yeah, definitely Melissa. She's got to come back before the end of the show like that. I want that almost more than I finally want somebody to tell Ezra to his face he's a pedophile. You know, just because I feel like getting Melissa back is more realistic. Right. Um I don't know. Like for the longest time at the end of season six, I was like, you got to bring back fucking Noel Khan, you know, but you know, now, now that's coming.
2: <laughs> I still think Maya might be alive. I don't know why I'm holding on to that, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion. She might be AD. Oh,
3: I would not put the odds of that very high. Although Marlene did tweet recently that we might meet a relative of Maya's. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay, I love that. Maybe like a real relative as opposed <laughs> to that fictional relative. Yeah. So it's very obvious Emily has Allie is impregnated with Emily's baby, right? We're all there for that.
3: Seemingly, yeah. That way, yeah.
2: Okay, so what happened in the Hastings family that Spencer wound up being raised as a Hastings and Jason wound up being a DeLorenzis?
3: I can only guess that it was something where, what's her face, Mary got out of Radley for a little bit and like pretended to be Jessica, slept with Peter, got pregnant, and like kind of they figured it out eventually. So when she had the kid, the Hastings adopted it. Or surrogate issue. Or it could be a surrogate thing. But why would you go to a mental hospital for a surrogate? Why does anyone go to the mental
1: hospital for whatever they go to the mental hospital for?
3: Uh, yeah,
2: I'm try- I'm just trying to figure it out. I mean, I still think that, I think back to the time when Spencer was addicted to Adderall and she had like a whole second personality. Yep. I think back to that time a lot because I think it's more important than it isn't. Um, and if her mom is a mentally ill woman, which by the way, do we even really know what's mentally ill about Mary?
3: Not really. No, no. I mean, she maybe, you know, we don't know whether she's lying or not about the whole situation with her
1: babysitting the kid that died. I mean, according to her, her problem's always been that her sister's been a real bitch to her.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Which I can buy that.
1: Yeah. I'll put you to the mental hospital for that. Um,
3: Well, seemingly Jessica would not want a child of Mary's herself. Like she'd, she'd have Peter's kid, Jason, but she wouldn't want to adopt Mary's kid.
1: The, the detail I always like from that storyline you're mentioning, Malls, though, is not just that the Spencer would, like, have these weird traits when she was on the Adderall. It's, like, how familiar it seemed to Veronica constantly. Yes. Um, like, almost like it was somebody, it reminded her of someone. I always loved that in retrospect.
2: Oh, I, I kind of always felt like she was, was like, oh, she's at it again. Like, all these years, like, she has had this, like, split personality issue that comes out, whether it be on Adderall or anything else, like when she is in a compromised emotional state, like Spencer just goes off the rails. I had never picked up on the fact that maybe it reminds her of someone else. I just felt that she was comfortable with Spencer's personality change because she's seen it so many times mm-hmm. um. Well, fuck this season. I want to go back for a minute. Um, Will you guys tell me your top three each all-time favorite Pretty Little Liars moments? Oh,
1: shit.
3: Oh, God. Wow. Okay. Uh, Um, Hmm. I guess you're looking for major moments because like a minor moment that makes me laugh every single time is when Emily is complaining to Arya at school about how annoying it is to have Hannah as a roommate and Aria just replies, she goes, uh-oh. And it's like this really condescending, like like Arya's enjoying this pain moment, which I've always loved. Hmm.
2: I like that. I mean, you guys seem to have it real out for Aria and that you really feel she's a psycho. And maybe I just identify with her so much that I've never really felt that Arya is a psycho. But that seems to be a constant theme on your podcast <laughs> that like something is deeply like wrong with this girl.
1: But we love her.
3: Oh, I, I don't think that we necessarily consider it a, a wrongness. I think we, yeah. we think she's insane, but there's yeah, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. What's insane about her?
3: Did you? Uh Have you ever noticed the weird looks she gets on her face whenever she's using a computer?
2: <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> Somebody needs to make like a Tumblr of it or something because she always looks completely nuts. Like Her eyes get all big and she has these weird, creepy smiles on her faces.
1: Like when she's writing her college essay about about Ezra
2: <laughs> yeah God that was such a troubled storyline um, okay I'm gonna make you go back to your favorite moment okay. I'm gonna need one from you uh,
1: I mean right off the bat one of my favorite slightly larger moment is the fucking like true for dare game in the the con game yes. no cons like cabin I, I fucking love that that whole sequence
2: I can go back and rewatch that one anytime it also just, like, I'm kind of from that part of the country. I'm from Massachusetts, which is different, but kind of not really. And um, kids don't just, like, run shit like that. Also, <laughs> Pennsylvania is kind of poor. Right. Like, it's kind of a hick state. Like, I don't understand why, why these kids are so sophisticated that they're living in almost Beverly Hills life where they have this, like, cabin in the woods to themselves where there's no adults and the, the drinking is just open and free. I did. You guys go to high schools like that? Like I, I. It just always seems so unfamiliar to me. Like maybe my LA friends grew up like that, but I back east, no one really does that.
3: Nah, I went
1: to a suburban high school. I don't know. Although Marco, you were for a year in Virginia, so you know it wasn't. It wasn't like this. I mean, everyone was always having more fun than I was in high school. But I don't suspect they were having that kind of fun. Well, a few of the girls in our high school were having that kind of fun, but not not like near teenage eyes wide shut levels no of <laughs> like passwords and secret hand stamps and shit yeah if I, if I could mention
3: another favorite moment too it's in season three when hannah goes to visit mona when she's in radley and mona she's kind of like off her meds and like a little less crazy and finally talking to hannah for the first time and she has a line about you know like i've had to forgive myself for a lot of it you know what happened and it's it's so like not apologetic to Hannah at all. Cause Mona's nuts is, is I love that. It's great.
2: Hmm. Do you feel that she was genuinely nuts? I kind of forget. Cause it was, it feels so long ago um, that the Charlotte reveal happened, but what was Mona's deal? She was just drugged up as fuck. And, and when she first got to Radley and so she was easily manipulated by Charlotte.
3: That's the official story. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if I entirely buy that. If my, My theory about Mona is correct. She's much more involved than she seems and could be lying about that.
2: Hmm. Do you think that she might be the best character on the show?
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's either her or Spencer. It has to be. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that.
2: It's complicated. I have to say, though, for like literally a lesbian that gets down with every single girl in town. Her fucking records for like, and no one has ever gotten more ass than Emily Fields. Her character should be amazing. She bores the shit out of me. Like, every, if I could fast forward through all the Emily scenes, I would. I just know that I'm going to miss something. But she just, is just so boring and it drives me nuts because I know it's a very LGBT heavy room and so I would think that they would have given her character so much more to work with than just the I'm gay, I'm poor storyline. Like, it's actually almost like, I actually kind of don't like that they made the one LGBT character on the show struggle with money, because I feel like that's like a very common, I feel like it's a very common, uh, stereotype, um, that, you know, you wind up being ostracized from your family and broke and doing things like bartending in a shitty bar in California and lying about your entire life. Um, I just don't know why they haven't given her more. Do you think that's a testament to Shane Mitchell's acting or do you think there's just so much going on with the other more developed characters?
3: Hmm. I I think part of it, like the other liars kind of had these like really big glaring flaws but they seem reluctant to really let Emily kind of like delve into a dark side. Like she's kind of a Hufflepuff; she's just there to be nice, and so she doesn't get like the crazy Spencer stuff or Arya being wild. Or Hannah can be really bitchy and kind of like mean girlish, but Emily is just the nice one. You
1: know? Yeah, I think my favorite my favorite Emily moment is probably when she's in the street outside her house, and like Chloe Bridges comes up to her. And Emily like loses her shit when she realizes she's working with Jenna and she's just like, like, bitch, I'm going to become your coach. I'm going to murder you in the pool. I'm going to make your life hell. And it's like Emily becomes fucking nasty for like five minutes and in front of her own house too. And it was like an Emily that I I loved, like Emily like strolling out of the fire, you know, like that I love in a way we hadn't seen her before because she's always too nice.
2: Well, this is my theory about nice people, like, quote-unquote, the nice guy. They're always the biggest psycho. Like, no one's ever, no one's just nice. Like, sorry, like, no one is. There's not a single person on this planet that is through and through just a nice guy. There's some dark shit going on under the surface. And I want to see Emily snap, because at this point, she has been hiding some part of her personality for so long that literally all we have from her is like she's the nice, kind, compassionate one. She can't be. No one is just the nice, kind, compassionate one. Every human is much more complicated than that. And they've given such nuances to all of these other characters. I mean, I am so impressed. I'm not particularly a fan of Ashley Benson's acting outside of the greatest movie ever, Spring Breakers. Um, but I, I, I'm I, amazed to see what they've done with the Hannah character over the year. they really played to Ashley Benson's strengths and Lucy Hale is just like you love her and like Troy and everyone's just blown away by her even Mo- I feel like I know more about Mona than I do with Emily so if I'm not gonna see some sort of major freak out from Emily at the end of season seven I'm just gonna say it's all Shay Mitchell's fault
3: hey I was kind of hoping that after the flash forward when she was not the one who went to college or lasted in college. She's just like a bartender. She'd have a little bit of an edge to her, but I can't say we've really gotten that. She's mm-hmm. still still pretty much same old Emily. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's what broke that's what broke my heart about like kind of the LGBT angle of it was that like she didn't come out a stronger, tougher person. It's almost just like, you know, she has this really um, you know, intense storyline. We're growing, you know, growing up kind of closeted and coming out and then immediately getting a girlfriend, really strong love stories from her. She goes to college. She fails out. They just don't portray her as a strong character. Um, as she seems to be consistently the character that shows the least strength, which is just annoying to me because I feel in general, and this may be like a, a negative stereotype the same way that it's like all black guys have gigantic dicks, but I just feel like and and typically the LGBT people I know are some of the stronger people I know because of the stuff that they've had, the adversity they've had to face. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem authentic to the character. I don't well, know.
1: It's, it's hard to be, it's hard to have the caregiver storyline be the interesting one too. And she's always the caregiver. Yeah, she
3: always puts herself last. She's always looking for someone else to feel bad for.
1: I mean, like we literally watched this like, like, Haleb fuck scene by a fire, and then we cut to Emerson, just like cuddling and being sad and watching an old black and white movie and It's just yeah, Emily was losing like she wasn't she wasn't getting the fire, the passion or anything of that stuff, and she has three girlfriends, so there should be some passion in her life
2: Wait a minute, I'm having a realization mm. so. Remember the final scene of 6B of course you do where we're seeing Allie writing Mrs. Rollins on the chalkboard and they mm-hmm. all come in and are like we're here for you. I don't know how that's going to line back up. Um because they always have said like no that that's that's cutting towards like almost the finale. That scene that scene is from totally something different. Obviously it's I mean most likely it's probably her um ex-husband what are we calling him now archer,
3: archer yeah. Hill.
2: yeah i it's pro- i'm guessing it, it's him but or or some or someone related to him. i don't know i just don't know how at this point we're going to get back to that and i'm also unclear on why she's using his last name in that scene like did they forget that they did that scene or what
3: uh yeah this scene i've been complaining about this one for a while they i think they said that it's go- definitely going to be Addressed in the next half season. I mean, they have to. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's anything other than a dream sequence. I really thought when that first aired, uh, and it was a, the 610 finale after we found out about Charlotte, I really thought that that would be like the next episode. It'd be like picking up there. Uh, yeah. But, but then it just never happened. And it was like, well, how the heck are you going to loop that back in now?
2: Yeah. Well, it's the way that Aria said, we all came back here for you, which makes me think, are they going to like disperse the beginning of. 7b or something i mean they're all they're already they've already all been back for like what a year
3: uh, yeah i don't know. i can only assume it's a dream sequence that's my guess
2: yeah and if that's the case i'm just so disappointed i'm also really unclear on how any of these people are floating financially right now <laughs> like they're like 25 like it's officially not cute to not have a job anymore
1: well they're half of them are crashing at lucas's like pad which you know is just covered of webcams yeah i mean i believe spencer i can i can believe spencer's coasting on her cash aria i i I guess she's spending ezra's money um she's theoretically
3: just an author like working on her book with him or something i don't
1: know yeah there might be like an advance that she's splitting um emily though i really worry about like when she doesn't go to work you know and i got enough to worry about Emily, but when she doesn't go to work i worry how she's affording coffee at the brew you know
2: yeah, do you guys think Wayne Fields is in the mix? Do you think he's going to come back?
3: <laughs> no, I don't.
2: don't but,
3: see, I don't think Emily should be poor though. I feel like Shay Mitchell working at a bar, she's going to get a lot of money and tips. She's going to be just fine.
2: Totally. Well, not if she has that frowny face on that she always <laughs> has. Here, I'm not trying t- to tell women to smile more, but Jesus Christ, Emily, get a new facial expression. I haven't seen her do anything with her face in 2 years. Um well, okay. I have to ask you guys real quickly. Are you on Snapchat?
1: No. I am not, Marco. You're on Snapchat, aren't you? I mean, I, I I do watch some of the the PLL snaps sometimes. I guess that's that's true. Did yeah.
2: you see Shay Mitchell make her assistant eat a dog bone? No. <laughs>
1: <What? laughs> like a real one or like a a
2: biscuit? Yeah, yeah like a, like a dog, like a no, like a biscuit. Oh, okay. Like hmm. she's like you know, we got you a cookie and like the assistant takes a bite and they're like, ha ha, it's dog food. And you really get to kind of see their personalities. And I feel like this so far, this episode sounds like I, I I hate Shay Mitchell. I don't, I actually find her to be much more charming than Ashley Benson. I consider her to be the problem child of the group, but um, it's really, it's really fascinating to see how many spoilers they have allowed on the Snapchat themselves. You would think that the actresses' Snapchats would be more closely guarded than they are.
1: Mm-hmm. I, feel I, like I assume Shay that's Mitchell, part of their
3: marketing, though. I feel like I'm Shay
1: gonna... Mitchell's like future is going to be in comedy, though. Like, that scene you just mentioned on Snapchat, you could tell me that we could make a whole movie out of that. You know what I mean? It's her as the evil actress and her poor put-upon assistant.
2: Yes. Her assistant... I mean, I think her assistant... Her assistant is always with her. The chick's name is Sammy. Mm-hmm. I have to say... Good for Shay Mitchell because it's. It, I'm impressed that she's been able to maintain that relationship. Mm-hmm. Ashley Benson, you never see her with a consistent assistant. And you know she must have one. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, well, I can't say, you know, when we were on the set, Sammy was there. Um, I briefly spoke to her because she thought I, like, worked in the industry. And I was like, nope, definitely not. Um, but Ashley Benson was very nice to us. She took a picture with us.
1: so I'll say, say this that. for Sammy she knows her boss. She carries hot sauce in her purse everywhere they go just to appease her boss. Yeah. So just knowing that I feel like Sammy should get a raise.
2: Yeah. Oh, Sammy should definitely get a raise. I mean the fact that she ate a dog bone, like I literally laugh about that in traffic probably three times a week. <laughs> so, I mean, she's given me much more. I would like to start a go fund me just for Sammy. Um, but yeah, I, I want some more predictions from you guys because no one knows the show. I feel better than you guys, and I also want to hear a little bit about your on-set visit. Can you, before we get into predictions, can you just tell me how that went down?
3: Uh, we went and visited the Warner Brothers lot. We were on set for a couple hours, and then we we went and did the tour. But you know, anyone can do the tour. Getting on to be on the set and hang out in Video Village, like watch the scene be filmed, that was lots of fun.
2: No, 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 no. I mean, I need the details. Like, who reached out to you and said, hey, do you want to come on set?
1: Um, so I had sent something to Norman Buckley just saying, can we interview you sometime? We'd love to. It's about time. And he responded quite quickly, very nicely with, like, yeah, by the way, do you want to come down in, to the set one day? And I was just like, fuck yeah, we'd love to. Um, it was, seriously, it was, it was that easy. It was that. I mean, he was super cool. He reached out to us and, like, I don't know, like a month later, we worked out the details and we were there.
2: Hmm. Um. I love going on the Warner Brothers lot. Whenever I have a meeting, I always just take my car and illegally drive it through that woods. Like I know <laughs> I'm not supposed to drive through that woods, but I always do. And um, the scene that motel that they got into a fight. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised at actually how far ahead the filming is. They must be almost done with Seven mm-hmm. B. Right? Yeah, so they're to
1: do eighteen. Just episode
3: doing 18. Them, episode
2: eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was surprised that that was um, that set was like up to go. Where was I? I was like, I was a meeting back. I don't know, probably six or seven months ago. I'm surprised at how far ahead they are production wise. I guess that's what happens with dramas. Um, you guys want to be TV writers, right?
3: Yes. Yes.
2: What drama? Uh,
3: yeah, starting there. Yeah, what? not not like sitcom or anything. I think we're more genre drama type stuff
2: yeah. okay so i need to like know more about you because you guys keep it pretty tight like mm-hmm. what's your deal how old are you where do you live what do you do for a living what's going on with you
1: marco um so we are mid 30s uh, i'm 35 benji you're what Thirty five. oh okay um we live in the sacramento area um Somebody make our TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, <don't> <laughs> I, uh, I answer phones for a living. Yeah. I,
2: I kind of, I, I, I had, so, I've had so many theories about what your jobs are. It's like, I was like, maybe they work like night IT for something. I knew it was some, cause your hours are really strange. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm sure Marco loves that. Um,
2: what's your pilot about?
3: Um, uh, Ooh, we should really be prepared for this question it is about a teenage girl who gets in lots of trouble in a small town mhm free mm-hmm. uh,
2: like that is it edgy
3: i'd say it's fairly really edgy it's kind of like a teen mystery show not exactly like pll it's more mystery in, in like a little bit of a nancy drew sense would
1: but i guys, mean so there's there's some tonal stuff that's very similar to pll and i would say edgy in the sense we wanted to write the kind of role that a show would have, a show featuring this character as a man probably would have been greenlit a lot faster.
2: Ooh. Yep. Um, yep. sad think- reality of this business, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Do you like, are you guys going to make the leap? Or are you going to move to LA? I feel like it's probably not convenient for you to be trying to staff from Sacramento.
3: Yeah, it's something we think about often. I mean, I need to move somewhere soon. So L.A. is certainly in the mix for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I would love to once, you know, the nibbles are there or they start to pull us in that direction or uh, we make the right connection.
2: <laughs> I have to say I'm really shocked that they didn't bring you. Because, you know, with Writers Guild, like legally every season, I don't know, if legally is the right term, but the union requires you to bring in one non-union person a season to write an episode. It's like you usually give it to like your writer's assistant or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm like shocked that you, they haven't picked you guys to write an episode. They have to give away to a season.
3: No, mm. oh, that's, that's very nice of you to say. I, I honestly, I, I wouldn't want to write for PLL just because I feel like when the show is working and the magic is there, it's because I would have never gone in the direction they went in, and so mm-hmm. like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to try to get in the middle of that.
1: I I would love to write for Pillow, but I would first my my super nerdy wish would I would love to spend a day in that writer's room and just like at the beginning of a season and just watch them like work out the shit that they eventually work out and what they throw against the wall. Um, yeah. But it seems like their their assistants, especially in season seven, are definitely getting those scripts, which is you know great because they have careers to go start too.
2: So I'm going to go a little like Intel status with you guys right now and try, I want to try and figure out what the original idea was. Speaking about the writer's room, because I think when I watch the show, I think about the writer's room just as much as I think about the show, how things are crafted. I, you know, how, I think that PLL is probably a show that's much more true to the actual writer's draft than most shows, um, because you can really tell the unique voices, like you know, when a new writer has written yep. the episode, like I've, I can always find the staff writer episode, always. Um, <laughs> and so I've always wondered, like, when they decide to take the turns, and I think that I was in a meeting a while back, and the person was work had worked at Freeform previously, and there was it, they just had the Charlotte reveal, like the week before. And even though this person no longer worked at Freeform, like I walked in and I just was like, Hi, I'm Molly Maglier. Pleased to meet you. Like, I'm obsessed with Pretty Little Liars. Like, thanks for bringing the greatest thing into my life ever. And he was like, um, did you see the finale? I'm like, no shit, obviously. And by the way, I predicted that storyline like last year. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, Uh, he's like, so that felt like that was supposed to be the, the end of that felt like that was supposed to be the reveal. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. And like, he kind of suggested that maybe at the last minute a call was made to change the end. And I feel like I can just picture like Marlene walking in one day and being like, okay, I figured it out. And like they, and they rebroke the last like three episodes leading up to it because When they were in the torture chamber, whatever in the dollhouse, like it really seemed like that was like a fresh piece of material, material for them. Like that was a new area that they hadn't really spent a lot of time in before. Right. Just in like the creation process of it, and so I've been trying to figure out for like you know what a year and a half now what the original ending of that series of that season was supposed to be.
3: What I suspect may have happened is that. I think I think they definitely laid so many crumbs for it being CC that I don't think that that was something they came up with last minute. They might have decided eventually that there was this other third person that, you know, A.D. basically still exists out there. And so that might have changed how they had Charlotte tell her story to kind of excise key moments. And like maybe she's not super reliable uh, as a, a witness because of that, because I could see something where they're like, oh, hey. We figured out who the next villain is going to be after the time jump. Here's how it ties into Charlotte. And because of that, we need to alter some things about this ending. But I think they always knew that Charlotte was going to be a or at least the the, the big new reveal. Do
1: the- you
2: really think was- that Benjamin like you really, really think that?
3: Yeah, there's like so much stuff from like early season three and season four. It's just like these huge neon arrows pointing like, yeah, CC's definitely shady. Like, she's definitely up to something. Like, she literally wears a black hoodie at one point and is, like, eavesdropping.
2: Well, shady, duh. I mean, mm-hmm. she's. I mean, they're all kind of shady. Any peripheral character who comes into this show at any given point is a total shade monster. I'm just, like, shocked that you actually thought Cece was always the plan. Because the character itself just seems so random to me. I, I felt that they really dropped that Allison was pregnant storyline. Mm-hmm. Board shorts. Do we know who board shorts is yet?
3: Theoretically willed in, but no real confirmation.
2: Again, what is with these perverts just like <laughs> hanging around these 14 year old girls? It's so crazy um, what this show has done with that. I, I just I I really started to suspect in my gut that it was going to be a trans storyline. I didn't know for sure who it was going to be. I figured it was probably CeCe. But it took me so long to come. It took me years to come around to the fact that CC could be more than just kind of like a fun throwaway character.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I know there is like a little weird Easter egg. I believe it is Spencer's like murder shower that tries to steam her to death. Yeah. Uh, there is a number on the readout that it, like it's the episode number and exact like minute and second number that CC Drake appears for the first time. And so that was not a mistake to include that exact number that translates like if you're really paying attention, you could have gone and looked that up and been like, oh, there's Cece, there's A. Um, So I do think they had it planned out a long time in advance to to work in that
2: sort of Easter egg. But okay, so we know how far ahead they film, right? Do you think Mm -hmm. that I mean, obviously, a number like that is added in post like don't I mean? Don't you think that maybe as they started to figure out in the writers' room, okay, we got to go with CC. We have to figure, or we got to go. Yeah, we have to go with CC. We have to figure out a way to um, legitimize legitimize the whole thing. I feel like the shower scene happened. What like? Happened- That's still
3: season three. It's like late season three.
2: Oh seriously? Yep. Oh, when I look back on it, I feel like it was like season six. But you're right. No, you're right. Okay, okay. I was just going
1: to say, when I, when I had drinks with Joseph Doherty a few months ago in San Francisco, he says that he's constantly asked. Look at you name dropping. I know, yeah. I literally, I was biting
2: my This This so
1: started good. with uh, <laughs> her talking about a meeting. Um, and so, like, he was saying that he constantly gets asked from people, like, at what point did you change and make it CC? And he said, you know, from the moment she walked on screen, we knew but that was the plan. Like, they, they changed some of the little details getting there, but it was always going to be CC
2: because why Vanessa Ray is a phenomenal actress
1: I've enjoyed what she's done but I don't know I mean maybe that was just the character and then she ended up being that character and they you know they well, took it her there Well
3: it makes a lot of sense they try to not do the books exactly but you know there is an Alley twin in the books and so it's like well here's kind of an Alley twin but a little bit different a little bit of a shake up
2: Sure no you're sure and by the way as I'm as I am uh shit-talking all these people actively and thinking that we have to post this after I find out um, the next big piece of news in my life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I probably should not publish this tomorrow. Um, But yeah, I, I, um, I think that she did actually a pretty decent job with Charlotte now that I look back on it. I think that she did a really good job of differentiating between Cece and Charlotte, even in just the way that she kind of postured herself. Um, There was really, really subtle changes um, that she made. I feel like also they, they might've done the trans storyline. I mean, they couldn't have known that Caitlyn Jenner was going to come out like the week before that aired. They couldn't have possibly known that. But I also feel like they chose a storyline or a, a character trait Slash storyline that like people are hesitant to ask questions about. Um, Because like anytime I was online and I was reading uh, people like asking genuine questions being like, well, wait, when, when did Charlotte transition? Like, when is she like, you know, what does she have? Like, you know, does she have a vagina? Like that was seemed to be the big question. Anytime any fan would ask that there would be the immediate response of, like, that's inappropriate and it's none of your business. And I'm like, I agree that that's an inappropriate question to ask an actual trans person, but we have been following this story super closely for so many years now. I kind of would like to know, and I feel like they almost blindsided us by um, picking a topic that everyone is kind of afraid to have a dialogue about, especially at that time. Like, it just was so, it was such a, a fresh dialogue for the population at large.
3: Yeah, I think it's interesting that one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately, lately is TV shows and how much they actually plan into the future. And I'm kind of getting the feeling that like the further out you plan, the more you're setting yourself up to run into trouble, Um, not even necessarily just with the transgender storyline, but just in general, like if you have this kind of like darling of an idea that you don't want to kill because you're like, Oh, this is how it ends in six years is, or you know, rather than sticking with that, what if you just let it develop organically and see where you're at when it happens? You can kind of avoid the, um, what was the show? How I met your mother where like everybody hated the finale, which had been planning to do it that way forever. It's like, maybe if you weren't holding on to that and you were kind of open to fresh ideas, you wouldn't run yourself into trouble like this. Mm
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's just no one's ever going to be satisfied. Like, there's no there's no way to win with something that people love so much. I mm-hmm. feel like everyone needs to get their expectations on point because every show that we've all followed and loved... Remember, like, the Seinfeld finale was mm-hmm. apparently the most offensive thing of all time. I mean, I remember, of course, being disappointed by it when I was, like, 10, whenever that aired. Friends, very disappointing. Lost so disappointing finales are the only finale that has never disappointed me is Friday Night Lights um but I think for the most part you're going to find there's never going to be a right answer everyone has such a different relationship with the show it's impossible to please everybody without while still giving it some sort of element of surprise or a little bit of a twist
3: Mm mm-hmm
2: It's like almost the curse of being a creator is that like once people love your work, uh, the next phase is eventually the letdown.
3: Yeah, especially with a long running show, usually your seasons two and three of a show are like when it's really firing on all cylinders and then it just slowly tapers off after that. And on a show like PLL by season seven, like how do you keep coming up with plot lines where the audience's immediate response is, why don't they just go to the cops? Like, why don't they just go to the cops over and over again? You know, how do you continue to sp- suspend disbelief like that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I think the show is strong if its character moments, but you still are shackled with shit like, you know, we're never going to see Ezra in handcuffs which would be a great progression over seven seasons.
2: So wait, but we did see, was that supposed to be, we were supposed to just write that off as some sort of like Aria fever dream when Ezra was getting called out? I mean, that's such bullshit, dude. That would have been the raddest storyline.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Like Ezra making friends in prison, that would have like opened up a whole new situation what if what if ezra got murdered by all the other prisoners for being a pedophile they hate pedophiles <laughs> in jail
1: let me tell you the scene where ian harding gets an emmy it's when he's on the other side of the glass on the phone crying yes. to aria
3: yes and she just slowly hangs up the phone and stands up and walks
1: away yeah, yeah like the colonel and uh, burt the reynolds and yeah, yeah.
2: Or like the last scene in the Craigslist killer, a movie I just watched for my podcast, Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. It's all about Lifetime original movies. So you guys should head over to the iTunes store and rate it five stars and leave a review. Wait, so I have to ask, um, how did two grown-ass men get into Pretty Little Liars? I know my story. I got addicted um, in a RV at Bonnaroo, um, <laughs> on an iPad. My my friend... Um, my former business partner, actually, I was like, yo, I want to watch a show on Netflix. And she's like, oh, I just watched that Pretty Little Liars show. because She was trying to work with Alloy or something at the time. And she was like, it's, it's okay. And um, I sat in bed at Bonnaroo. And that is what I did during all of my daytime hours while I was waiting for Tennessee to cool the fuck down. I blew through two seasons of Pretty Little Liars in an RV in 113 degree heat. And it was like the best thing I've ever lived. I mean, I became, I was immediately obsessed. How did you guys get into the show?
1: Uh, Marco, you go first. Um, it's kind of fitting that we ended up doing this together only because I had like an iPad or an iPod nano that I actually got from Benji. And at some point, the very first thing I ever bought in iTunes was the PLL pilot, which I watched on that little iPad or iPod nano. Um, and then I just started watching it like on Hulu sporadically. It was my guilty pleasure show. And then a few years later, I think Benji started like binging it one night at work because he had nothing else to do. And I mean, I don't want to speak too much for Benji, but I feel like the podcast basically out of evolved out of our like three hour late night phone conversations about how much we love the show, and then just threatening that we should do a podcast of this someday, and you know, here we are. Years wait,
2: Marco. Do you just like buy pilots for the sake of like as a writer obviously the goal is to watch as many pilots as possible so the format just gets drilled into your brain mm-hmm. um but why i mean like what would possess you to buy the pretty little liars pilot
1: <laughs> i i wish i could tell you so any any show that starts off with like a murder mystery you're well, gonna marco, hook me in huh. marco would it be fair to say that you
3: see you had seen the uh like the, the first look before the movies, like advertisements were Pretty Little
1: Liars? Because that's how I was aware of it. I can I literally tell you the person on Twitter who started tweeting about like, here's a show about a girl who gets involved with her teacher. And having been a fan of Dawson's Creek, I was like, huh, that's a weird detail. And then I remember it starts with a murder mystery and the, the plot sounded interesting. And it was just one of those late night, I'm on my, my computer, it's, I'm on iTunes. I was like, oh, fuck it. You know, ninety we we'll see what happens here. Because I wasn't very good at torrenting or anything like that at the time. And then, yeah, I just started started watching the show.
2: Prediction, Marco, you are going to marry that woman. (laughs) Um, But I have to say, when I found out about the iPod Nano thing, the first time you said that on the podcast, I laughed so fucking hard, but (laughs) mostly just because I have been that low in my life. Like one time I I was so fucking broke at one point, I didn't have a mattress because I had had bugs that ate my entire life and like I had nothing. And I remember my laptop had blown out and I went to Coffee Bean to just charge my iPod and see if I could get anything. And I had a grainy copy of True Romance on my iPod and I just laid on the on the hardwood floor in the dark. Oh, my electricity had been shut off, too. So I just laid on the hardwood floor in the dark watching true romance on an iPod. And so when you said you watched on a nano of all things, I laughed because I knew, I know that pain. Like I've been there and it's visceral and it's real. And you will never forget that.
1: And you'll never be more alive.
2: (laughs) Never more. No, honestly, I look back on that, that place in my life where I was sleeping on a hardwood floor. I was so fucking happy back then. Mm -hmm. Like, where is that girl? I don't know where she is. She was fun. Um, See, I,
3: I think I, I came at it from the opposite side where it was like early January for me. I was at home living the bachelor life, really nothing to do at all. I just made myself some top ramen. I sat down to watch Netflix and I didn't know what to watch. And I saw PLL was like, you know, just there somewhere. And I was like, oh yeah, this show This has those hot act- actresses on it. I should watch this. And so I tweeted, watching Pretty, Liar, Pretty Little Liars, trying to feel something. And I just, like, binged, like, ten episodes that night.
2: Do you guys get girls being really inappropriate with you, like, young girls? I feel like P- the PLL audience is so engaged. And then you add on top of that that you are grown men that talk about loving Pretty Little Liars. Is there, like, a – is there – I feel like there has to be an intersection of just, like, disgusting fans that – uh <laughs> probably, tr- I don't know, treat you like objects. Like, I don't know. Like, is that the case?
3: Benji, are you an object? I don't feel like an object. No, I, I think most of our fans are into their 20s at least. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I
1: don't I don't think we really get that. What's
2: the biggest... I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was
1: going to say, I feel like, uh, yeah, we, we're the podcast for, like, the people in their mid to late 20s or beyond for PLL. Like, the, the teeny boppers, the real audience of PLL, Probably don't listen to podcasts all that much. I don't think, and probably would not want to listen to us. Yeah, so especially our view is on like Ezra. You know,
2: I have to tell you how relieved I was when I found you. Though I still, I get people who call in to please advise, um, which is my advice podcast. You should go on iTunes. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen um, to it
3: on your
1: iPod Nano.
2: I'm like, I'm pitching, You're literally
1: listening to it right now.
2: <laughs> I'm the podcast that you guys are listening to—that's how pathetic I am. Um, but no, I. Uh, I, wait, what was I saying? Hold on. I spaced.
1: So oh, people calling in about it.
2: Oh, yeah. I was so relieved when I found you guys because I felt like, I remember telling my boyfriend at the time, I'm like, you don't get it. Like, these are people that talk about, like, they're talking about the thing that I love the most and they're not like idiot teenagers. Like, I was so excited because all I needed in my life was someone who would like dialogue it out about um, Pretty Little Liars and you guys feel that, niche for me. And I just feel that, you know, a lot of people call please advise because it is this thing where people in their late twenties and thirties still love this show and they love it almost as passionately or maybe even more because they're coming from a more informed place. Um, and there's just not, there's not enough out there for us.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember when we started doing it, I think one of the reasons we wanted to do the podcast is because really nobody talks about PLL. Like if you go to all the big like AV club or the ringer, like the big TV sites, you know, with the TV blogs, nobody ever talks about PLL there. Uh, yeah. it, it like exists in this other world that, you know, the prestige coverage never notices.
1: Yeah. We only knew of like two people who were talking about it, like seriously. And I don't think we've ever, you know, Jacob Clifton, Heather Hogan. I don't think we've ever actually reached their level, but like that was it. That was the conversation about this show. Um, so I'm I'm glad to see that it's getting out there more as it reaches its end. <laughs> I would like to see more people find PLO or find us or find whatever, you know, maybe a couple years earlier than this. But I'm happy we're here.
2: I am too. You guys, what is the biggest blowback you've received since um, starting the pod?
1: Hmm.
3: hmm. Biggest blowback. We don't get a ton. I mean, we've been pretty lucky in that regard. Like we got like one negative review where they're just like these guys aren't funny or something. Like I don't know. We I th- I think we do pretty well. Marco, can you think of anything?
1: No, I mean, and if we've gotten even the minor blowback, usually it's deserved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't I don't know how.
3: I told like a really tacky joke once, and I, I upset a few people, so I apologize to them for that. But other than that, I think that was probably about it. Yeah. Stand I mean... by
2: that. Mm-hmm. You guys, so I'm gonna read you a blind item. Uh, came out, you know what blind items are, correct? Yes. Okay, so um, it came out on Crazy Days and Nights um, uh, this past July. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but Crazy Days and Nights like usually consistently has pretty accurate um, blind items. And it's, this one is just one sentence, and it says, this Pretty Little Liars actress tried to kill herself two weeks ago.
3: Hmm. Wow. That's Who do we think it is? Um, unfortunately I think we do know from Twitter that Lindsay Shaw had some issues in that regard.
2: Thank you. Yes. I, it has to be, it had to have been page. Totally. I don't know what's going on with that girl. I feel so bad. I feel like there's something. um, First of all, the page character is so angry and it comes from a real place. I can really tell that that comes from a real place with that actress. But have you seen that footage of her drunk outside of Bootsy Bellows?
3: I don't know.
2: Uh, You got to look it up. She's like, I'm on a TV show. She's like wasted. It's like really dark because the paparazzi are like letting her think that she's like a huge star oh my god that is so terrible do you know what okay yeah Lindsay. someone in the comment wrote a couple months ago she tweeted about a previous suicide attempt Mm -hmm. do you know what is going on in her life is that like rumored at all
3: i have no idea what's going on in her life i can tell you if you've ever looked at her twitter mentions people are horrible to her um I don't really know why, but she gets so much hate on Twitter. It's insane.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, Paige is kind of a brutal character. I think that people, the show is desperate for us to forget that she was a murderous psycho for like the first two seasons that we knew her. Um, I still don't really understand how Emily managed to forgive her. I feel like my high school boyfriend and I, I know I got him a detention um, and then we (laughs) dated for three years, but like he never tried to kill me.
1: But I think a lot of people forget that Paige, the fictional character, was this or that or whatever. But like this inspires people to go on Twitter and just be fucking monstrous to her. Yeah. Like constantly. Even for that period of time where she hadn't been on the show for like a year. Um, Do you
2: think she gets it the worst?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Probably. God, I don't even want to think about who gets it the worst. Cause I mean, like I see the writers will post, you know, a picture of, Emily and Paige together and then like the Emerson people will just descend you know like flesh eating bacteria on them or, or vice versa I, it's it's surprisingly fucking brutal
2: is Emerson like the most shipped like I'm not really clear I don't I mean I don't really follow that aspect of it because then I start to feel like a pervert but I feel like this probably comes more your way what is the ship that you see the most
1: Hmm. Emerson's probably the loudest in some regards yes I saw a thing
3: like, you know, how all the actors, they like do their little T-shirts for the ship, like the Spoby shirt and the, the Emerson shirt that they sell for charity. Yeah. I want to say that the Toby Spencer shirt, the Spoby shirt, like outsold them all. Like it just like blew them all away, which that would be like a weird silent majority for Toby Spencer to be the most popular one. But I could kind of see it. I mean, I think- Spencer's a popular character.
2: Dude, Toby is such a dud. Like, what does she see in him? I would love to think, like, it makes me think that, like, I mean, we know that Spencer is some sort of sex addict or something. I mean, he's
3: totally hung, right? I and mean, that's, it's, it's gotta be that.
2: I mean, it has to be that because, I mean, yeah, like, I guess he has muscles, but like, there's no personality there. And like, maybe Spencer, I guess she could be the kind of person who's like, just sit there and look pretty. But like, what was their like emotional connection really?
1: I think it started because they were both at the time like murder, murder suspects yeah. you know, or recent murder suspects. They're both outsiders. Um, I don't know what sustained that relationship. I can only assume that like Toby had abs and he was comfortable.
2: Yeah. And a yeah. Huge dick. <laughs> huge dick. Okay. I'm going to read you guys another blind item just because I feel like I have you here and I need to, I just need some uh, two adults to talk to that know about this stuff. So, um, This is um, from August 2012, and it says, um, This actress is C+. To a group of people, she's probably a B, but for most of the world, you would be hard-pressed to identify what hit show she is in, because even though it is a hit, chances are you haven't watched it. Anyway, our, our actress has been through more than most. She was subject to some time with the same abuser who has managed to get his hands on other tween stars. The difference with this actress is that she knew how to handle herself. She told him no, and when he said he could get her more roles, she still said no. She could not stop him from groping her because he was bigger and stronger, but that was all he managed to get. Our young actress has a lot of experience fending off guys because unlike most actresses who primarily work with people their own age, our actress has always worked with a lot of older actors and has been fending them off since a very early age. There have been times where she spent entire days "'hiding out, locked in a dressing room "'because the 50-something co-star would come "'and try and find her whenever he got drunk. "'That's not to say that she hasn't been persuaded. "'She'll be the first to admit that she lost her virginity "'to a guy who would go to jail if anyone found out. "'She was a teen, and he was in his late 30s. "'She's not much older than a teen now, "'but has always seemed to have been acting "'and making her own decisions.' When you meet her, she has a shell that is so hard and no one ever gets to crack it, ever. Too much drama, too many fights. Never never let them see who you really are, she says. She has a boyfriend right now and a guy she sees on the side, and they both think that they know her and that she's crazy about them. Nope. She's just with them because she feels like it's a part of her job description. Great acting job, great boyfriend, and then someone on the side who cares for her, but she does not give back much, at least emotionally. So this is widely rumored to be one of the PLL girls. If you had to take a bet, who do you think it is?
1: Well, first, I want to buy that blind item and option it for a movie.
2: I know, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's
3: any of the PLLs.
1: doesn't you sound like they're... them. No.
2: The comments are, are going back. Everyone's as...
3: going to say Ashley Benson, I'm going to guess, but I do not think that's her.
2: I mean, Ashley Benson's tough, dude. She's, like, tough. I mean, basically based on her um, Snapchat. I'm pulling this off from her Snapchat. But – Mo- it's mostly going back b- between, like, Miranda Cosgrove and every single one of the PLLs is uh, suspected.
1: Huh.
2: Dude, what if it's binds?
1: Hmm. Mm. That would make a lot of sense.
2: Praying for her. Okay, so that was fascinating to me. Um, I need to know if you could go back and just like blow out one storyline to make this show perfect, which one would it be?
3: Like remove a storyline?
2: Yeah. Or even a character altogether, just like kind of like, like a domino effect on the series that would make it better because that person or incident never happened.
3: Um, I would excise Toby's mom storyline Which would hopefully have the domino effect of removing the Mary Kavanaugh mystery, which removes Bethany Young, which removes all the current shenanigans at Radley. I feel like there's just more interesting directions to go in there.
2: Yeah.
1: All of that. The only if I had to pick something else, I would severely tweak all of the Nate Saint Germain stuff.
2: Yes! Oh, it just needed a tweak. It just it just it was right there. It was right there. And then it got so weird at the end. And again, like, I want to, I look back on Emily's character, and for some reason that's still boring to me.
3: Because <laughs> like, well, she didn't have much to do. She was just kind of there, like, oh, that's so sad your sister died. Hmm.
2: Have they all murdered at this point?
3: All except Spencer. Emily twice.
2: Spencer's never killed anyone?
3: That we know of now. Shockingly. Yeah.
2: I feel like we're gonna find some shit out. Yeah, I feel like Spencer has bodies stacked, and also Mr. Hastings is like a complete creep. I feel like I need to see more from Mr. Hastings right now.
1: Yes, Always I guess he's coming back. I mean, he's on set. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, Troyan was like plugging his new app the other day.
3: Yeah,
2: I love that he's developing apps in his free time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I don't. How much do you know about Nolan North, the the actor? Me? Yeah.
2: Oh, I don't know anything.
3: Okay, well, it might surprise you to learn that he's sort of like the Tom Hanks of video game voice acting. Like <laughs> any major modern video game, you there's a good bet he did the voice in it. Like he does the voice of the Uncharted character Nathan Drake. Like he's huge in the video game world.
2: That's good money, right? I
3: guess it's got to be easy money because that's yeah. like an afternoon.
2: Yes, on a paycheck. Well, he's got to
3: wear like the mocap suit too, so he does some of that.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I feel like the people that when you go to their IMDB and they've done a video game, they've done a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. I'm mostly fascinated by, like, the chicks that they pick. How do you think they pick the voices for a video game? I don't play them, so I don't understand. Does Nolan North have a great voice?
3: He does, actually. He's really good. Um, He's done video games where, like, he did a character I didn't realize was him until I saw it in the credits.
2: Um. Yeah, I need to also know more about. I'm kind of bummed the way that they dropped Arya's dad being a cheater. That was really fascinating to me and I kind of want more of that. I want that chick, what was her name? Meredith. Oh, I need her to come back. I loved her. Yeah.
3: She was who I wanted to be A at the end of uh like uh, the CC reveal. Like if it wasn't CC, I wanted to be A, <laughs> Meredith.
2: You guys Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we wrap up today?
1: Hmm. Marco, um, I just want to say real quick, it's an honor to talk to you, Moss, Because like <laughs> this is going to be really dorky, but when I first discovered like Tumblr eight years ago, like <laughs> you were one of the pillars for me. Oh
2: my and, god! Thank you so much.
1: And so when I remember watching the video you did with Tess Lynch, where you're both yes. like shooting guns in the alleyway, and then one of you says, "Boner party is over." Yeah. I was like, Tumblr will never be as good as this.
2: <laughs> oh my God. That is so wild. I had no idea. I would, I, that's so, um, thank you. That was wild. I totally forgot about that video. Do you know who directed that?
1: I do not remember. I just remember something he, that was a thing online. I loved it.
2: He won an Emmy last night. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, Peter Atencio from Key and Peel oh, wow. um, and Keanu fame. He directed that for. Tumblr was so small back in the day that they invited like four of us to drinks. Um, it was like me, Ned Hepburn and someone else. And it was like actual David. And then the guy, John that started it with him. And it was like the craziest thing ever. Tumblr used to be so small. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. If I had any idea, dude, I would have reached out way sooner than I did. If you knew that I, if you knew I was alive, that's huge. (laughs) um, Well, thank you so much for doing this with me, you guys. I kind of wish that we had gotten to do this earlier when we initially planned, because I feel very, like, down on the show right now. I compared it on one of my last episodes of Please Advise to, like, it's kind of like the family member that still gets invited to Thanksgiving every year, but you, like, hate them, and you have to suffer through conversation with them, but you're never not going to have them at a holiday. That's Mm -hmm. kind of where I'm at with this show at this point. So... You guys are really kind of keeping me hanging on because I have no one else in my life that's interested in this shit anymore.
3: Awesome. Awesome. Glad we could do that. Yeah, really.
2: Adore you guys. Thank you so much. And um, you guys. Yeah. Thanks. You're the best. Please, Thank bye. you. <laughs> All right.